स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन एक्साइटिंग डिस्कशन ऑन फिक्स इनकम फॉलोड बाई क्रेडिट इन दीवियस वीक्स टूडे वेर बी टॉकिंग अबाउट वन एसेट दैट हेज गॉन आउट हाई इंटरेस्ट फ्रॉम सीजन एज वेल एज न्यू इन्वेस्टर्स विच इज एक्विटी म्यूचुअल फंड पर्टिकुलरली इन दिस पोस्ट कोविड kind of environment so without further ado let me introduce the panel we have dinesh kopani who is head of equity at access mutual fund hi dinesh hi guys hi guys hi hi neil hi uh then we have rajiv thakkar cio at ppfas mutual fund hi neil hi rajiv welcome to the panel thank you uh then we have nrinal singh deputy cio equity icici mutual fund hi neil hello nrinal hi Uh, and then we have Ashish Jain, Senior Vice President, Head Investments and Forex Business at DBS Bank. Thank Hi, you. Ashish. Thank you for having us here. Thank you. And my uh, co-moderator Renu Yadav from Mint. Hi, Renu. Hi. So let me get to the first question directly then. <clears throat> and uh, I'm sure everybody in the panel has been asked this a lot of times in the past six months. So bear with me uh, because it's still probably the number one question in people's minds. and that is that do equities look overvalued particularly when you compare them to the spectacular gdp fall we've seen so uh jinesh if i could start with you so so uh, clearly neil you need to dissect uh, between different sectors and different companies so it is very easy to just say that equities are overvalued but there are great businesses uh who have inherent intrinsic value is still pretty strong from a long term perspective so you have to dissect sector by sector company by company uh how the management is what is the pedigree of the management what is the balance sheet of that uh company how uh, what's the sector they are into whether the sector is scalable sector i think there are many many things which go into identify the businesses rather than just uh, painting a picture of uh, overvaluation or undervaluation depending on uh, a, a, a single metric which is uh, price to earnings i i, I mean frankly axis has always been a bottom up uh, player so we look at uh, sector by sector companies by companies and we see good uh, intrinsic value for many companies even for even uh, even if they are slightly from a pe point of view or a price to book point of view they might be expensive relative to the sector uh, in the initial uh, maybe in for next one or two years mrinal can i come to you with that question so being uh, being expensive or being Uh, attractively priced is a function of how do you see the outlook for the business and uh, what the current state of affairs particularly pandemic and the related effects have done is you know uh, put question on a lot of businesses how they would uh, do going ahead or at least part of their uh, you know conduct of affairs uh, in terms of revenue generation or profitability and things like those so uh, it could be uh, i would say short sighted to make a comment either ways on the market so if if uh, there are some businesses there are some segments which will meaningfully benefit and i guess uh, that would be an acceleration of trend uh, and we will see consumer behavior and money is going into that direction uh, i guess they are very attractively priced because finally things will uh, roll over in a very very uh, robust way in that direction and they would be uh businesses that would see uh 
difficulties going ahead in the product and services that they are offering to their customers. Uh, on the broader headline aggregate valuation, I've never been a great fan of that kind of investing, frankly, uh, because that applies to index. Index has its own variance within it. Uh, and then sometimes people dissect on mid, small, large. At the end of it, you know, uh, you buy a business, you see the risk reward, you see the prospects, you see the management, you see the balance sheet. Uh, yes, the stock prices in general have moved up in the last six months, uh, some more, some less. Uh, but that does offer uh, some pocket of interesting valuations. Uh, and it also, along with that, uh, does uh, uh, project itself in some stretch valuations. Uh, some stretch in a good business is all right, as long as it continues to grow. Uh, an extraordinary stretch uh, would, um, would be very. Uh, and I would say it still merits uh, to be wisely deployed in the marketplace. Uh, a blanket way of putting money toward equities, I don't think uh, these are times uh, for such an endeavor or exercise. I think it requires the right kind of choice, right kind of effort and analysis, and uh, something that would be dear food uh, for, for the patient investor. Right. Uh, Rajiv, can I throw it at you with a twist? Because your fund invests in the US and the Indian markets, uh, particularly in the US tech stocks, there's a lot of talk about maybe bubble valuations. So if you could answer it from both points of view. Sure. So a short answer uh, to the question, are we overvalued, uh, is I don't know. A uh, more nuanced answer uh, is that relative to what or what is the valuation parameter you are using? So firstly, this year's earnings are all over the place. So FY21 earnings, no one has a handle on it. And everyone knows that you cannot use FY21 earnings to value it because these are exceptional times. So one has to have a measure of a sustainable earning period. Even if we take pre-COVID earnings, so uh, uh, the trailing earnings before COVID struck us, uh, from that point of view, maybe we are at somewhat elevated levels compared to history. But at the same time, you have to realize that the cost of capital is also very, very different. So the bond yields and the interest rates are also very, very low as compared to the past. So anyone who's done discounted cash flow analysis or uh, things like that, when you lower the cost of capital, obviously the uh, value of equity goes up. So it's a very tricky situation because there are many, many moving parts. Coming to US tech, where people are uh, fearful and obviously the market caps are very, very high for a lot of these companies. However, some of these companies have been the biggest beneficiaries of uh, COVID, whether it be e-commerce, whether it be cloud computing, whether it be uh, software which enables a work from home. For example, this uh, event we are having as a webinar instead of gathering at one uh, conference room. So uh, the trends have been very, very strong for these tech companies. And companies like uh, Alphabet, uh, Microsoft, Facebook, these are available at around 35 times earnings. So it's not that they are uh, at exceptionally high level compared to the run-of-the-mill, let's say, Indian FMCG company. Uh, I'm sure there are pockets of overvaluation. So uh, some of the loss-making companies have run up very, very significantly. But uh, as... Uh, Jinesh and Brinal mentioned, finally, one has to be bottom-up. One has to go company by company and sector by sector and uh, choose companies for your portfolio. Uh, 
again, coming back to the short answer for the index level, the answer is I don't know because currently there are too many moving parts. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Ashish, so as a wealth manager in the room, uh, since you have to allocate your clients' money, both in equity, debt, you know, other asset classes, gold, commodities, you have a kind of bird's eye view of the entire spectrum. So how do you see this? Do equities look overvalued? So, uh, as I said, the fund managers have actually said it all. Uh, if you look at it, uh, the typical investor mentality is to look at how Nifty is looking like. Uh, you know, how's from what levels has it gone up to what levels? What is the price earning multiple of the Nifty? What is the price to book? And an uh, investor makes a, a kind of a judgment whether the market is overvalued or not. Uh, it is for us to see uh, that how how many companies have contributed actually to this overvaluation. And even those com- companies which have run up, are they called overvalued or can they actually contribute to the growth year on year? Uh, and therefore, I would agree with what our uh, fund managers just said, is that you will have to look at each and every you know, company at uh, at a time and look at what are the prospects in that particular company and not look at just the index or, uh, you know, just a few stocks. So it has to be a broader market. And uh, uh, I'm sure as we go along, you'll find that there are immense opportunities even at these levels. So before we move on from this question, uh, I'm going to throw a bit of a googly at the uh, panel, um, which is that how much do you personally allocate towards equities? How much as a percentage of your portfolio is currently in equities? If we could go in the same order, so Janesh? 60%. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so we we don't buy direct equities, but we put in funds. So, if you ask me, uh, the money is in funds, maybe around fifty percent equities, fifty percent fixed income. Around that way. Sure. So, I when I say equities, I mean both uh, funds and stocks, whichever form of equity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I will also clarify. It is in. Uh, funds, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, Rajiv, sorry. Yeah, excluding primary residence and retirement corpus, ninety percent in equity funds. If I if I would say so, I would say if removing real estate, removing retirement corpus, I'll be there about eighty percent. So there we go. It's, it's quite a bullish panel, I would say, um, and it kind of shows in actions and not just words. So that's brilliant. Uh, Renu, would you like to ask the second question? Yeah. So, uh, Neil, my question uh, to the panelists is related to one of the big changes brought in by uh, SEBI uh, in regula- in, uh, for uh, multi-cap funds. So now uh, the SEBI has, you know, mandated uh, multi-cap funds to invest at least 25% e- uh, each in large, mid and small cap. Uh, stocks which was not there earlier so i want to understand uh, uh, how this change in uh, multi cap funds which are of you know a uh, big size uh, 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 will impact the markets as well as uh, rajiv maybe we can start with you how you are going to uh, bring about uh, changes in your fund uh, uh, to you know either to the new regulations sure so if one just looks at the way uh, or the developments uh, in this regard. So this circular came out on a Friday evening. And uh, since Friday evening, Saturday, 
media investors everyone had to uh, say something about it on sunday we had a clarification coming in from sebi as to they will allow fund houses to change the category investors can switch they will take feedback from uh, the industry and all of that and i believe on tuesday the industry body amfi has made a representation to sebi in this regard so the final word hasn't been said on the guidelines yet uh, i don't think uh, to my knowledge sebi has uh, responded to the amfi representation uh, even if the guidelines were to uh, stay as they are uh, different fund houses have different choices now i am talking only about our fund house and our stance uh, i don't know about the industry per se but uh, speaking for ourselves we have uh, an option of classifying ourselves as either a dynamic equity fund or a focused equity fund or going in for a thematic classification we would not like to change our uh, uh, pattern of investments in any significant manner so firstly we'll wait for the final sebi guidelines or the final communication from sebi in this regard and i don't see it uh, changing our investment approach in any meaningful manner okay okay so uh, you haven't made any changes uh, in the portfolio so far that's correct so uh, so if we assume that uh, sebi uh, you know maintains status quo then what do you see uh, will be the impact on the same so okay. if uh, yeah if the final guidelines are uh, what they are currently meaning 25% minimum allocation to small cap and mid cap uh, we would be changing the scheme category okay. uh, we would not be classified as a multi cap in that case uh, uh, other fund manager minal and dinesh any one of you how how do you see this change uh, and uh, what will be the impact of it if sebi uh, maintains a status quo so uh, in, uh, in particular for uh, multi cap the proposed changes uh, you know they, they will have an impact uh, if if it is expected to align in a short term uh, some some fund houses obviously will have the option of change of category if, if that is uh, to be done uh, and i guess uh, Uh, because it is still being uh, consulted between the industry body uh, as well as the regulator i think uh, middle path would be figured out uh, in terms of uh, what needs to be done uh, in terms of aligning to the new requirement or the requirement itself could be relaxed a bit let's see how it proceeds i mean uh, it's too early to say because that has not been chosen but then uh, if even if let's say to your point even if it is assumed that you know the uh, these are the uh, uh, new alignments that need to be done i think if you give uh, a choice of changing categorization or if you give uh, enough time for the funds to comply i think that can be managed uh, it does impact i would say uh, uh, i would say a fund manager's discretion to uh, in a multi cap to move between market caps because we have seen in a cycle that at times the you know the smaller market caps be it mid cap or small cap become extremely attractive and uh, from a classical investing perspective it will make sense to be largely deployed there but for liquidity concerns and vice versa also so uh, if you ask me as a classical investor i would prefer uh, the earlier uh, mindset wherein there are no further restrictions uh, but then uh, i think in the consultation process uh, something 
agreeable to all parties can be figured out and the best in the interest of the unit holder shall be done jinesh would you like to add something no i think uh, rajiv and mrinal has almost uh, added up everything of what is going on and so we from our point of view also it is as of now status quo and uh, we'll wait for the final guidelines from sebi and uh, and as sebi has been pretty uh, uh, amicable in terms of listening to the uh, worries practical worries of this uh, execution on 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 the circular i think we will have some good solution coming out and uh, just to add a point uh, renu uh, mr ajay tyagi uh, the chairman of sebi also addressed uh, the amphi annual general meeting and in that meeting also he was categorical that we will not force uh, anything any knee jerk thing on the industry or on the investors and we'll uh, work something out so the confusion is unfortunate in this regard uh, kind of thing so uh, i i am sure that something acceptable to everyone will be worked out okay so ashish what are you advising to clients for uh, you know the investors uh, who are invested in multi cap fund right now so see uh, sebi is a, a very customer oriented regulator so approximately about 2 years back uh, sebi changed the categorization of this scheme to make it true to the name which means if it's a mid cap fund the key objective should be that the fund manager invests in mid cap now in multi cap what probably was happening and uh, that was within the objective of art that uh, there was a skew towards say large cap or mid cap so probably uh, said it was not absolutely clear which means that now uh, sebi might look at another category and that's uh, my first view uh, which may be a flexi cap strategy giving the customer a very clear uh, you know view that the, the fund manager will have a, a clear call on moving between capitalization across uh, you know whatever percentage so it may be a 100% large cap moving to 100% small cap that is a, a fund manager's call so this will this lead to some Uh, more transparency, and uh, I think we still have time to work that probably another quarter. Uh, I feel that it, as as all fund managers said, I think it will it will uh, be uh, much smoother in terms of transition and more uh, customer oriented. So I don't think it should be a problem. Okay, so basically we can tell investors to you know just don't make any knee-jerk reaction and maintain a status quo till clarity is. Uh, brought in this matter. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, Neil, would you like to take up the next question? Yeah. So the next question is something that's dominating the headlines, uh, especially in the recent uh, few weeks. Although, so there are two sectors: um, pharma, which has been uh, on a tear since COVID, you know, broke out, and then IT seems to have joined the party. Um, I I had an IT sector fund which I sold two months ago and I'm kicking myself. Um, but with that in context, um, if we can start with you, Jinesh, um, how are these two sectors looking? Um, have they run up too much? See again in the near term, if you see uh, after this COVID, when there was a shift in uh, sector or allocation, obviously pharma becomes relatively a defensive sector, and uh, obviously the numbers were strong. and as so money would have moved that side uh, 
again uh, both sectors are very good uh, there are uh, some of great companies in that sector and uh, uh, they will continue to do well even it if you see the top two companies uh, in india has delivered numbers and it has been a spectacular numbers and uh, thanks to adoption of cloud and again this covid has really helped as it is helping some of the us technology led companies uh, it is hel- even helping the uh, b2b2c v- system integrators like tcs or infosys and the others so i think both sectors are very good uh, uh, t- uh, tech i would say is into a zone where there could be a good growth rates in the near term let's say 12 to 18 months because of this adoption of uh, uh, cloud by many many uh, i would say client which they would have thought maybe will do 12 months down the line or 18 months down the line and also huge buybacks and cash flow generations what they have so clearly uh, both sectors are very good pharma i would say becomes more stock specific sometimes because there are uh, issues around us fda related concerns uh, what kind of therapeutic segment they are into so you have to, uh, at least we go very very stock specific rather than generalizing the uh, sector in itself uh, but frankly both both sectors are pretty good to go what do you think manal is there a sectoral tilt so we periodically see such things you know a couple of sectors uh, as the fancy of the market uh, but the two sectors we're talking about uh, technology and healthcare the quality of earnings is very good you know particularly tech you know uh, generally large names well recognized global established businesses very good cash flows uh, fcfs match uh, pat to almost 80% and they you know to buy back student and all those things uh, healthcare also uh it's something that is uh, you know the pride of uh, indian uh, pharma is the pride of the health industry in india maybe periodically seen even the prime minister talking about you know our ability to scale up patching production and, and those kind of things you know and ability to offer help in uh, production of drugs oral generics when the world needed it so it has helped the world so the world recognizes the prowess of uh, indian healthcare pharma in particular medical professionals as well as uh, technology professional so they are human resource business practically uh, you know uh, and uh, there is a very widespread acceptance of uh, very well managed business in both these spaces so as soon as you see growth or prospects increasing in this space you see a host of investors pile up uh, both local and domestic and along with that we have seen uh, some bit of uptake in growth uh in both the sectors uh, particularly on the domestic side we've seen uh, there have been sporadic gains uh, due to this pandemic in the export side of the business uh, i also feel that healthcare as a space and pharma is a part of it healthcare as a space has long way to go uh, we are going to see a lot of public and private money is getting into healthcare it is now a infrastructure of sorts the pandemic has just woken up uh, global societies that we are awfully under invested in healthcare infrastructure be it hospitals be it paramedics be it doctors or anything associated in that value chain so i think uh, we will see a lot of enterprises uh, coming over there uh, and it is always uh, a lot of innovation effort and money goes there in that space uh, and there is a development effort there is a mass production effort so uh, we might feel uh, that you know the stocks have moved up uh but they are very well capable of surprising on the growth numbers that's very much possible i would not just because the stocks have moved up in last 6 months 
um, I won't just brush them off and say, okay, these are not cyclicals per se. You know, we need to we need to be keep in mind that you know growth rates can actually show even higher numbers, and that's very easily possible in tech in particular. But that does not apply as a blanket umbrella. Uh, you cannot say that for a sector. You know, within the sector, you will have some businesses doing very well. Some business might languish. So that's where you know an active money manager like uh, the people here comes into picture. But broadly. uh for an indian investor it is a blessing that you have such good cash generating well managed globally accepted businesses uh, on offer to invest into and when they do offer growth it's it's great uh but um, i wouldn't say that they have run out of uh, sensible gains i wouldn't say that they have already they yes they have moved up uh, and some of them are backed by data some of them the market is willing to give benefit out of but let's see how many of them continue to survive positively um rajiv in your case i believe you follow a basket approach to pharma and in it there's somewhat of a mid cap tilt um so how do you see these sectors in you know in light of your approach to them sure so uh, firstly on the uh, run up in pharma and it companies in the past 6 months uh, you have to see it in the context of the long period of underperformance of the both these sectors uh, in the uh, period prior to covid so uh, while the price increase may seem very sharp over the last 6 months but some of the pharma names may not even have crossed the uh, previous highs that they had uh, seen so uh, one has to take a longer term perspective in this regard rather than just look at the uh, past 6 months so the uh, reason for a basket approach is uh, as jinesh uh, uh, mentioned that uh, the uh sometimes there can be a price war in a particular molecule sometimes a particular plant of a company may come under import alert from the us fda so company specific risks can be uh, many so rather than having large weightages in one or two companies uh, we have followed a approach where we uh, invest in uh, let's say five uh, well run pharma companies and put relatively smaller weightages uh, in those companies uh in the it space given that we are also invested in some of the global tech majors in india we have uh, chosen to focus on uh, people with a specific area focus so uh, for example people uh, who are more focused on cloud computing or uh, on uh, uh, mobile and things like that so uh, mobile apps so those are the people who will see a larger growth on a smaller base so we have gone in for those kind of mid sized it companies rather than uh, going in for the majors but but both segments are doing well so uh, it's not that uh, uh, the tcs wepro infosys of the world are not doing well they are also uh, doing well in terms of their business performance right ashish so how do you see this particularly in light of the risk so one is the um, us immigration risk and uh, for pharma there's the ever present fda inspections so see uh, to our investors we would say is that to invest in any sectoral fund uh, is far more riskier than any of the diversified equity funds so if you are making a decision based on what we are converting right now to invest in a specific sectoral fund we careful however on the other side Uh, i feel that you know on the it side uh, even right now 
the pool of profits of the listed companies is still the pool of profits of the listed companies is still more than the market capitalization. So as a sector, IT still holds the promise. Uh, on the pharma side as well, and we look at it from a layman's perspective. Given the situation right now, I think uh, after food, the common man thinks of medicine. So uh, pharma definitely is a good sector to be in as well. Uh, but again, uh, you know, I would completely depend on uh, specific topics, and that's where uh, you know our fund manager colleagues come into play. That uh, always the stock-specific approach will prevail. Uh, in a particular sector, uh, we cannot generalize that as a sector, all particular companies are doing well. Uh, so therefore, without a doubt, both the sectors are still promising, but a stock play is still important. Okay, okay. Renu, uh, do you want to take the next question? Yeah, Neil. So uh, one of the most, uh, you know, uh, watched up events by the Indian investors is US election, which is, you know, scheduled to happen in November this year. So uh, uh, given the fact that, uh, you know, Indian markets have shown high correlation with US markets. So how, as a fund manager, how do you see that event? And what do you think the likely impact of uh, the uh, US elections could be on the uh, markets? And what should investors do? So maybe we can start with uh, Janesh. I would say it is better to start with Rajiv because he has huge investments in you. <laughs> okay. So, Rajiv, you want to take this, and we are we are far off. I I would say. <laughs> so so uh, Re- yeah. So Renu, uh, the only value that any person in the financial markets can add to election outcomes and the impact on the market at best can be a contraindicator. Just to give you examples, in 2016, everyone knew that Hillary Clinton is winning and if Donald Trump wins, there'll be a crash in the markets. Donald Trump actually won and there was no crash, markets went up. Everyone knew Brexit is not going to happen and if Brexit happens, there'll be a crash. That didn't pan out. In 2004, all of us smart fund managers knew that India is coming back to power and uh, that didn't happen. Markets were on lower circuit. We said, how can a minority government supported by communists uh, run the economy? And 2004 to 2007 was one of the biggest bull markets in history. So uh, we only add value as contraindicators, if at all. uh, And... Uh, so that was in a, on a lighter note. Actually, nothing much happens. Uh, whether Biden comes in or whether uh, Trump continues, I think markets are comfortable with either parties. Uh, and finally, stock prices will be determined by the corporate performance rather than uh, who is in the White House. So that's the short answer. Okay. No, my question is, uh, will there be a reaction from FII's uh, in case, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, 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 you know, after the results of uh, US election. So will that have any impact on, do you see that kind of, uh, any reaction from FIIs which can have impact uh, on the equity markets? So the reactions are very, very short-lived. So uh, typically these can last for one or two days or maybe a couple of weeks at best. And then everyone forgets about it and 
moves on to the uh, next event i don't see any significant impact either on the us markets or on indian markets as a result of the us elections this was a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast